Hello, regulars. You're listening to Floor by Floor, a Tower of God podcast discussing the latest chapters of the webtoon. I'm Beerlane. And I'm Reziat. And we're your hosts. Welcome to the sixth floor, where we'll be discussing chapter 571, or season 3, episode 154. But first, we'll start with a recap of last week's chapter. It was a long one, so bear with us. I tried to condense it as much as we could. <laughs> Get some popcorn. So it started with Jam Jam getting rebuilt by the Dragonfly Observers and appearing to be robotic in some form. Matt tries to act fast, but gets interrupted by Holland, who attacks him with a giant divine beast full of tentacles and teeth. And we switch over to Jinsung and Cha meeting with Gororo. Gororo explains that his team will help them escape in exchange for the Irregulars' help. Like Fug, his team, Revolution, wants to collapse the Ten Great Family system by using the Slayer Candidate to stir up tension and conflict. Gororo shows them a manatee-shaped escape vessel and tells them about an unsupervised gate they can use. Jinsung then turns to Cha and asks him to tell Bomb that he's leaving first. We cut over to Bomb filling in Kuhn and Rack on what's happened, while Hemus and Dravi point out that Bomb acts differently around his friends. Kuhn is surprised at Traumare's plans and asks Bomb what he wants to do. Lilial cuts in to say that doesn't matter because they have to do what the family head ordered. Bomb says he refuses to be used for war and intends to confront the family head and win his freedom. Lilial tells him the competition is a trap, but Bomb refuses to give up. He offers the princess's freedom, too. Kung brings up that if every participant refuses the marriage, then the only remaining match is against Bomb. Lilial asks about any contingency plans, and Kung tells her not to worry because they have an escape route, and if needed, the Popadal family's help. Chilial reflects on how she initially intended on seducing Bomb, using him, and then throwing him aside, but that didn't work out. Marriage is not an option anymore, but now her freedom is. She tells Lilial that they should go along with the plan, and as another condition. She wants her family's safety assured. Bomb promises it, because they've got the best gambler in the tower on their side. Bomb tells Lilial and Shilial to go meet up with their mother and wait with the others for further contact. Ren, who was previously seen trying to sneak away, is now tangled up in the snakes, screaming at the princesses that they can't betray the family. Shilial invites her snake dad to come along, as long as he does something about his appearance. Kuhn and Bomb chat as they run down the hall. Bomb is surprised Kuhn didn't suggest they escape without the others. Kuhn says he was going to suggest that, but he's just kidding. He heard his speech and gave up. Kuhn tells Bomb to let him speak to the family head, and Bomb tries to protest, but after being asked what would happen if he, the bargaining chip, went in person, he backs down. Bomb then gets a call in his pocket from Dravi, who informs him that Jinsung has secured them an escape. She sends the coordinates, and Kuhn is surprised to find out that it's in the middle of the lobby. We switch to Yuri weaving through attacks and landing in front of Tiara. Tiara goes hard in close combat, but Yuri manages to hook the green April through her book, ignites the weapon, and shreds the book to pieces. Tiara is unaffected and continues to summon Shinsu blasts. Yuri is forced to bring out her Black March replica when suddenly Holland's divine beast bursts through the wall. Both Tiara and Yuri attack the beast and blast a chunk out of its head. Holland steps forward and asks the princesses if they are members of the Popadao family. They respond by blasting his divine beast to pieces. Holland stares in awe at their monstrous power. Kuhn, Bomb, and Rack are coming up the hall when Kuhn's lighthouse pings him and they stop to take a look. They see Yuri, Tiara, and Holland facing off in the lobby, and Bomb takes off running after shouting, Yuri Nuna! 
um, bursts into the lobby and is immediately recognized. Kuhn and Rack catch up as he shouts for Yuri again. And that's the end of that really long chapter. I think that's the best way we could have condensed that. Luckily, the next chapter is not as long. Or unluckily, we did enjoy all of that, but that was a lot of information to process. And things are certainly starting to tie up this week. The chapter immediately picks up with the last few panels, and Bomb rushes into the lobby and Yuri calls out his name. Tiara recognizes him as Gustang's target. Olin blames Bomb for everything going wrong and plans to get rid of him by summoning his giant divine beast again. Kuhn takes off running, telling Bomb that he's headed to the door that connects them to the family head and to not get caught, as he's been told by several people already. <laughs> <laughs> Tiara rushes at Bomb and Yuri tries to intervene, but her attacks are still ineffective against Tiara's Shinsu body. Tiara calls out Rock for betraying her and running away with Bomb. But just as Tiara is about to grab Bomb's arm, Bomb's thorn ignites and her hand passes through his body like water. Bomb has picked up the same Shinsu body skill as Tiara. Tiara is so shocked she stops for a moment and wonders if this is what allows him to be a threat to the family heads. It doesn't seem like very much happened there, but there's a lot of visual clues that are very interesting to point out. See you, he's at it again with his visual storytelling. I find it very interesting that in the three panels we see Bomb's thorn, there appear to be a pair of spiky, thorny rings manifested around it, reminiscent of White's crown, something he took from White at the end of their fight at the cat tower at the nest. If you happen to go back and look at those chapters, when Joaquin is left in despair at losing his power, his crown is missing. And as Kuhn is looking at Balm while he's carrying him in his arms, there's a panel with an outline of White's crown in reference to the changing powers housed within Balm. So, visual foreshadowing? Are we going to see Balm's personality change further from here on out? Would he become more ruthless and Kuhn become the softer one as he slowly has been? Things are certainly changing here. On top of that, Bomb's got in Tiara's Shinsu body ability. Is this a plot mechanic for this chapter, or is Bomb going to be using this from now on? To me, that seems like a pretty OP way to manipulate Shinsu. If he's not hit by the Shimon Ryu, or the Shinsu Black Hole Sphere, or any other Shinsu neutralizing objects or skills, that'd make him invincible to physical attacks, wouldn't it? Everyone calls him a monster. He's, well... He has monstrous powers, yes. But this, on top of that? I'm more interested in finding out how exactly did he absorb it. Because I know with other abilities, he just takes a look at it once and he learns that ability. But in this case, he seemed surprised. Or was he just surprised that he was being chased? It's not quite clear. And the thorn manifested by itself and copied this for him. As if it's getting a will of its own as well. What if things start to spiral out of control for Bomb? Beta did say that the power in Bomb is a little wild and uncontrolled. So even though he has gotten stronger, it, he did just absorb a whole bunch of power. It could just mean that it's going a little wild again. And Jinsung warned him to always be mindful of his power. More foreshadowing? More changes. And Tiara stands there, stunned, as this happens. 
and her realization that this guy is incredibly dangerous and capable of touching the ten great family heads unlike anyone else in the tower. Do you think there's any chance she may flip to the other side and disobey her father in an effort to protect him or the status quo? Or will she continue with her mission? That's a tough one because we've seen that she likes to stick to the plan, but she's smart. She's got to realize that there's a different way that she can use Bomb. Like everyone else, everyone always thinks they can use Bomb. And I don't see her being any different from the others and that she first thinks that she can use Bomb. So she's probably going to do something different. And that different comes at the end of the chapter, but for now... The chapter itself cuts to Shilio, Lilio, Dravi, Hemus, and the Snake Dad heading towards Loro's room. Lilio asks Shilio if she's okay with trusting the Slayer candidate. Shilio says she doesn't know, but they don't really have any other choice. Lilio brings up the marriage competition, but Shilio tells her to give up on that. Lilio doesn't want to get married, so the only option they both have is what the Slayer candidate has offered them. She also adds that they have a team to get back to, so they have to get out of there. They find Laura's room and enter it, and Laura, who's holding a mug of coffee, says Lilio's name softly. Shilio comes in, and Laura is seen biting her lip, uttering Shilio's name with disdain. Snake Dad then rushes into the room, and Laura drops her drink. That poor coffee cup. She asks, what's it doing there? And it responds that it heard she got captured. Laura yells that it promised not to show itself to Lilio, and yet it shows itself in front of her with her daughters. She then passes out. Lilio rushes to her side while Shilio holds back her snake dad, telling it their appearance must have shocked Laura. Shilio comforts Lilio and tells her they'll put their mother in a lighthouse because they need to escape before the gate closes. Snake dad watches, saying, my Laura, to itself. We suddenly cut to Hemus and Dravi outside of the room. Hemus says she intends to hide on the ship to look for her family's guardian beast and to tell the others that it was fun while it lasted. Dravi acknowledges that and they part ways. And as Hemus runs off, Dravi thinks that Hemus's chances of making it out alive are pretty much zero unless a miracle happens. A shot of a pocket shows that they have two minutes and 25 seconds left until the gate opens. Poor Snake Dad. He just wants a happy family. <laughs> Man fell in love, and, well, unfortunately, it's not really what that is. And Laura went and wasted a good cup of coffee. Come on. I just find it hilarious that she's got to be able to hear all the explosions and crashing and stuff going on, and she's like, you know what would be good right now? A cup of coffee. Just gonna sit here and chill. The ground is shaking. There's dust coming off the ceiling, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's probably under control. You know, Laura being implicit in the whole scheme to hide the snake's existence from Lilial is kind of spicy. Lilial's all about her, you know, being this princess from a prestigious family. And to find out that, well, you know, there was some illicit stuff going on and her mother was feeding her snake bits. In order to not be normal, well, and the fact that everyone knew except this wonder twin, imagine that. Lilio seems to be in denial despite what she's heard, so once she accepts the truth, that's gonna hit her pretty hard. I feel like this may lead up to some sort of reconciliation between her and Endorsey. 
they might end up having at least a lukewarm relationship or something. Or at least a little more tolerance between each other once Lilial finds out the full truth of everything and settles with it. Or she just could stay in denial. That seems to be par with her personality. <laughs> well, she's got a boat. She could just float down the whole Nile if she wants to. <laughs> also, this is like the third time that both Shiliel and Lilio mentioned their team. They have a team to go back to. I've mentioned this in the previous episodes, but the fact that there's more emphasis on it again means, well, Shiliel and Lilio are going to make it out of here. They have something to do with the future arc. And once again, they're both working with Maria. So it makes you wonder what's coming right after this arc, because with this chapter, it certainly feels like several of the plot threads are starting to tie up. Everyone's looking past this arc, and we haven't even finished this one yet. <laughs> yeah, everyone's been super excited about the just the possibility of seeing Maria. See you, please. And this particular arc just feels transitory, and we just want it to kind of be over with, I suppose. There's definitely a lot of things to look forward to in the plot. And that scene with Dravi and Hema Slime, the fact that Dravi says that she has zero chance except for a miracle kind of sounds like foreshadowing to me. But, hey, it might be true when she ends up getting off-screened. At least she is whittling down the character count here as we proceed to the climax of this little arc. But what could that miracle be? Well, I mean, it's a three-letter word, bomb, but you never know. Yeah, as we know, bomb loves to save everyone. Or who knows, maybe she will just be like, and she's gone. The end. <laughs> To be fair, right in the chapter, she does say, nobody will care if a little extra character like me goes missing. That's you letting us know. Stop thinking about this. <laughs> She's gone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> and right after all this happens, Shalil, Lilial, and co. run down the hallway and end up in the lobby where it's just utter chaos. All they can do is gawk at the insanity as Bomb and Rock scramble towards the gate stairs. And the lobby's looking wrecked with all the fighting going on. Holin is yelling at Bomb, blaming him for his misfortune. Rock tells Bomb to keep running and raises a rock wall to block Holin's attack. It gets ripped apart, but Yuri steps in with her own attack and sends Holin flying. Lilio asks what they should do, and Chilio tells them to wait until the gate opens and then sprint in. They'll need someone to block their opponents from coming after them, so she asks her snake dad for cover, to which he just nods. Tiara is still chasing after Balm, and she tries to grab him again, but her hand goes right through him. Yuri taunts her and tells her to give up, but Tiara doesn't, and she makes her pen big. <laughs> yes, a big pen. Because if the small pen won't do it, the big pen will do it. Yuri stares at Tiara dumbfounded as she moves around with her pen. Tiara tells them that she has written that she will become a swift, all-consuming monster with a big mouth as the Shinsu starts to reform around her. As that happens, we suddenly cut to Kuhn rushing to the family head store and pushing it open to reveal a weird, ambiguous dark zone with floating DNA. Traumarai scolds Kuhn for barging in without knocking. He goes on to ask if it's because of his resemblance to Edon that he's so rude. Kuhn introduces himself as Kunagero Agnes, and here is Bomb's best friend, looking to challenge Traumarai for Bomb. Traumarai side-eyes him, asks him, are you insane? Yes, he's insane. We cut to Bomb and Rock facing off against the giant multi-toothed, multi-headed beast that Tiara has become. 
Bob looks at his pocket, and the timer says one minute left, so he calls over Rock. Holin refuses to let him go, and Yuri calls out to Bob. Bob looks determined, though, and tells Rock he'll to clear the way if Rock can take care of Tiara the Beast. Rock throws his spear and chops the heads off the beast, while Bomb runs up to hold it and Floral Butterfly pierces him, sending him flying once again. Shiliel is shocked to see this because Holin was one of the strongest hatchlings, yet he got taken out by one attack. She thinks that Bomb may be more useful than she thought. Again. Bomb tells Yuri to head to the gate and thinks to himself that they need to hurry. And from somewhere unknown... And Dorsey sneezes, as if someone is talking about her behind her back. And with the sneeze, the chapter ends? Yeah, where did she go? Wasn't she supposed to stay with Dravi and Chilio and Lilio? She was supposed to, but she did just end up waving them off and wandering off somewhere. And we don't know where she is. And suddenly she's just sneezing. I wonder if that's going to be the connection to her accidentally coming across and teaming up for whatever craziness goes on there. A miracle. Well, there you go. <laughs> I hadn't even considered that. Hmm. Could this guardian beast have anything to do with everyone's escape? Or isn't Dorsey going to somehow get herself in trouble? Hmm. Oh, it's definitely trouble. And this chapter just continues giving us trouble. There's giant pen, giant writing, Tiara turning into a multi-headed hydra worm with three rows of teeth on each jaw. Holin tries to get another hidden, only to get blasted away like a poor imitation of Team Rocket again, calling everyone monsters. What is happening? And then Kuhn? Kuhn just seems to want to throw his life away at every turn. Kuhn not causing another Kuhn-Bon separation challenge? Failed. But I gotta say, I do have a little beef to pick with this part of the plot. It feels a little contrived at the moment that Kuhn is rushing over to Traumerai to declare a battle with him for Bomb, when it seems like Bomb, Brock, and Yuri can make it to the warp gate and GTFO if you give him a few minutes. Traumerai didn't even seem like he was going to move or like he was aware of what was happening, all the explosions and shaking literally on the other side of a door. And he's just sitting there chilling with what appears to be his Shinwon Ryu or maybe just this animal bowl just there. Just being a sad boy as usual. But I suppose Traum would chase after him if he notices that he's gone. They've been chased by Fug for quite a long time. What's another family head to add to that list of people chasing them? Someone who can actually teleport behind him though and go, Oh my, wa mo shinderu. Oh no. Nani? I don't know what Kuhn's plan is, but it's gotta be big in order for him to just waltz in so confidently. I want to know what his gambit is here. I don't have enough big brain power to figure out any possible ways, but see you, I trust because he's come up with some crazy plot twists in the past but seriously challenging a family head is he practicing to challenge his father like what's going on here who knows and how is this going to tie in with laura and them being in the lobby now what is chamari gonna do if she's supposed to die by his hand how is it going to happen here is he going to provoke the snake master with her how much did Bomb tell Kuhn? Did he tell him everything? Who knows? And we're going to find out.
Because for once, it might be a little too big brain for everybody. Then again, even Kuhn seemed a little unsure and just decided to wing it. The champion of winging it right now, for real. Boy just up and challenges a family head, rude and all. And interestingly, it's the second time that Kuhn is directly told he resembles his father by someone who's met Edon before. And it's kind of funny. There's some analysis going around that chances are they're so alike that they repel each other like oil and water. And despite Aguero trying to avoid becoming like his father, he probably still exhibits several of his traits, down to the rudeness, as Chamurai says. Part of me kind of wishes he just up and accepts his inherent abilities and put them to use instead of rejecting them all the time. Plans and words sometimes can only get you so far, and I feel like this might be one of those instances where he's going to see that firsthand. Although in this case, probably outmaneuvering the family head is going to be his best bet because, as we know, Tramari can just blink and obliterate him right where he's standing if he really wants to. Wait, Tramari, I'm Bob's friend. Don't obliterate me right this second, maybe in the next five. Poor thing. He's trying. And Tramari is just so tired of all these kids bursting in right now, interrupting his emo time. He's going to walk out into the lobby and just see the destruction in front of his salad. Probably just roll his eyes. He does seem to be the type to think before acting, at least. Which is a good thing for Kuhn. And will probably be a good thing for the rest of the gang. Because as he said, he's probably not going to be too excited about all the damage they've done. And Laura's still alive, despite... Him saying that he's supposed to kill her, so he must need her for something. Something. And right after this post-hiatus, on the very first chapter, it just seemed as though Jahan and Chamurai already had this whole thing figured out. Like, they knew all this was going to happen anyway. So he's probably just like, huh, okay. Looks at his palm and the notes he took down with his little meeting with Jahan. It's just like, okay, we're on bullet point number three here. So it means you need to leave this room, pretend I'm shocked. And, uh, huh, okay. And obliterate my wife. Okay. Not a... <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. I just laughed here. <laughs> that came out wrong. That's hilarious, though. And I was going to say in the physical sense, but then I was like, wait. PG-13. PG-13. <laughs> in the PG-13 sense. <laughs> As in she's going to die or something. Yes. The not, dying. Not the dying. Not, not that. Not the snake master way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the nice thing about this, though, is that if Traumary agrees to this match, if it ends up being a physical challenge, as in they fight each other, it would be a chance for Traumary to actually test Bomb as he intended to from the beginning, to see if Bomb is capable of becoming, like, quote-unquote, one of them. This would also pose a great opportunity for Baum to exhibit the traits of the Leviathan. Of course, he can't fully manifest it because of its will. But if Chamurai notices that, well, you know, he really can bring out the Leviathan, maybe we can pivot into something to do with his memories. Or at least, whatever the Leviathan has told Baum in his sleep. Because that's something that hasn't been answered yet. Again, with the little clues that... CU gives us, but not the whole story. And I know he's going to give us a story later, but I want it now. We need it now. Look, CU, there's 
10 great families. We haven't even met even half of the family heads. Yes, we need to start like, you know, bringing the big guns out here. And I feel like that's going to start happening soon, but we just need to be a little more patient. And I feel that like starting to ramp up, especially with the art style, the next little section that happens here, where Bomb and Rock team up against Holen and Tiara, and they both just kind of, you know, obliterate what's in front of them. And the panel sequence here, instead of just being individual boxes, just kind of all flows together for like 15,000 pixels. It's kind of awesome. You can see the team is starting to experiment a little bit more, and it looks great. I want to see the three of them fighting for real. Come on. Give me Spear Barracoon, Sue. I've been asking for this for months. Maybe a year. So yes, Coon, please just accept who you are and evolve into a greater state. A lot of people are mad at you. So let's play a guessing game. What's going to stop Bomb from reaching the gate? Let's guess. Traumarai himself, most likely. Cha coming clean and telling Bomb that Jinsung is still on the ship? A possibility. Tiara somehow telling him that Gustang wants him, and either that convinces Bomb to side with her, or further reject her because that's just switching what fire he's going to burn in. Eh. Bomb realizing Kuhn is now in trouble. Yeah. Bomb realizing that everyone is in trouble, which they have been, but now even worse. Yeah. Uh... You know, in the end, never mind, he just can't leave, can he? No, I don't think he's going to want to leave without everyone getting out safe, because that's just the way he is. He's probably going to have everyone jump through the gate first, and he's going to try to be the last one, and then Cha's going to be like, actually, Jensung's still on the ship, and he's not going to want to leave. But then again, he still has the match with whatever Kuhn figures out for him. There's multiple answers here. But what is you cooking? Who knows? Is it next Sunday yet? Can't wait. It needs to be next Sunday. I need to find out what's happening. This is getting a little too spicy to just sit here and just theorize about. It needs to happen. There's so many questions. So many possibilities. It's hard to theorize, even with all the clues that you drops us. So then, where's Endorsey and why is she sneezing? Will Bomb and Co. make it off the ship? What is Kuhn planning to propose to Traumarai with this match? Find out next week in the next chapter of The Bomb Chiller. Thanks for joining us, regulars. We'll see you on the next floor. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.